What's good, what's good, what's good, y'all? Episode 9 plus 10. 21? Episode 21 here. 9 what's plus good? 10? That's 19, uh, dumbass. 9 plus 10. <laughs> <laughs> Man. 21, episode 21, we back here, Real Fans Podcast. What's good, y'all? You know, I'm rocking out. Clemente jersey. I'm surprised you said 21. You know, Clemente is 21, so I'm surprised you didn't say we were rocking that. Clemente, that's, that's actually why I'm wearing it, but you didn't let me get to the point. That's why so, you're wearing it. No, thank you for that. Mistake, bro. That's another reason why I'm wearing it. But why is it a kid's large, though? That's why I'm confused. Yeah, you know, I had to wash it, threw it in the dryer a little too long, you know, kind of strong. That's what it was. What's up? What's up? Well, we, well, we got to talk about today, fellas. A lot of sports talk we're going talking, on. Talking about lots of things going on. We're talking about NFL. Boxing happened over the weekend. You'll see happening this week. NBA playoffs about to happen right now, and MLB. But let's get to the topic. Top of the top of the agenda. Uh, NFL news happened over the weekend. Um, probably the biggest trade. I guess we're talking. We'll swing it over to Julian. Uh, was Julio Jones getting traded to the Titans? Um, obviously. Oof. I I think we saw Oof. it was uh it was undisputed, right? It was uh with uh Stan yeah, Sharp Shannon Sharp, and yeah. Vilas. He went on the phone. Shannon Sharp just called him up. He's like, "Hey, what, what's up, nephew?" And then he's like, "Hey, what's up with Atlanta?" He's like, "I'm out of there." And then that caused a whole stir because you know, Shannon Sharp went on air live with him on Didn't the phone, tell him. Which, I, which I'm pretty sure he broke some like federal laws, but whatever. Some tap wiring laws, but whatever. <laughs> Forget that. Um, so, um, and that was kind of the big rumor going into the draft, right? It was like. What what's gonna happen with Julio Jones? I remember talking with Julio. I was like, "Yo, you know, I think they had the fourth pick in the draft." And I was like, "I want to see what Atlanta does because if Atlanta's gonna go, which they pick Kyle Pitts, I'm like, okay, then I guess they're sticking with they're sticking with Julio Jones. They're trying to go with offense. They're giving Matt Ryan all the weapons, whatever." But now I come to find out, maybe you know he's on the outs. Maybe they don't want to pay him too expensive, old, injured a lot, whatever. He gets traded to the Titans. So I want to get uh, a reaction from Julian, who is. A resident uh, Jags fan, as Jags Titans, he told oh, us the other week. That's exactly. So before we even get to his point, you can already see the look, the worried look on his face. Yeah, so okay. Worried, yeah, this guy's sweating. I'm so worried. He's rubbing his hands. I'm so worried. He, he, he looks disoriented. We keep mentioning Julio. Every time you say his name, he flinches a little bit. <laughs> yeah, okay. He shakes. He shakes. Shakes. He shakes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So what's going on, Julian? How do, you, how do you feel about Julio Jones being acquired by the uh, Titans? Honestly, I'm not too worried about it. I think it's going to come down to, like, let's see what happens because, I mean, he's kind of had a down past two years, granted, because he's been hurt and injured and he's getting older now. And, I mean, if he could stay healthy at the end of the day, he is a Julio Jones. Like, he's probably, he's been the best receiver for the past 10 years. Like, he's going to first ballot Hall of Famer, like, Dude's a legend. He's he's always been quiet and reserved to himself. And and uh, I think the big thing, too, with this trade, I think this trade says more about how the team feels about Calvin Ridley than does Julio Jones. I think they really feel good about Calvin Ridley, that he's going to be like a true number one kind of replace Julio. I think they feel good about Kyle Pitts probably – I don't think I don't think they're going to use Kyle Pitts after seeing this trade. I don't I don't think they're going to use him as tight end. I think and pack. I think they're going to flip him outside and inside, and then maybe some tight end routes from the from the line. But we'll see. But I mean, 
I'm not too worried about it because one, this past offseason, the Jags, they've stacked up their secondary. We went hard on We brought in our secondary is completely revamped. I mean, at the end of the day, I think the big thing when it comes to the Titans, you got to worry about that man in the backfield. That's the guy you got to worry about. Like you can't like you can't afford to double team Julio. You can't afford to double team AJ Brown. You and you you really can't throw eight men in the box either because if you can stop Derrick Henry with seven guys, that's your number one job. Because at the end of the day, we all know what they're doing. They're running him. So if you stop Derrick Henry with seven guys, then you it opens up for you to have a guy on AJ Brown and a guy on Julio, and then have your safeties kind of watch the zone. And like I said, I'll, we'll see. We'll see. Like I said, he's had yeah, a couple. He's had, like he has had two down um, years. He has had two down like years. So best case, best case scenario sounds good on paper, but can you execute that? Can you stop all three forces going on? Especially the way they utilized Derrick Henry last season, breakout year. You got Julio Vet coming in, who can run routes up the middle, down the, the sidelines, anywhere. Magical hands, has that super on his hands, like you know, deep ball threat. Then you got Derrick Henry, ground and pound. You know, tired teams out. Good look for them. Here's the big yeah. X factor, though, is Gabe's boy Tannehill. That's the big X factor because uh, I think if you if you stop Derrick Henry, now you're forcing. At the end of the day, let Tannehill beat me. I, I'll take Tannehill. Tannehill's gonna have to beat me, and he's uh, he's got Julio and he's got AJ Brown. And mind you, they lost Jonu Smith to Patriots. He was a part of that whole deal. They lost Corey Davis. Um, they lost two two big components right there. I mean, granted, you're replacing Corey Davis with Julio, but. You're losing a tight end, which is a big portion, especially if you're going to be running the ball with Derrick Henry. So, and you're kind of missing that passing threat. I mean, we'll see if their backup can step in and really do something. But like I said, you got to you stop Derrick Henry. Which what you don't want is Derrick Henry to get going, and then Tannehill's beating you on the play action like he does, like he did for like almost every week last year. Because that's how he's getting people running the ball, running the ball, and then he'll throw a play action. Uh, he'll do a play action and throw it deep to A.J. Yep. Brown or Corey Davis. Yep. Corey Davis. So you stop Derrick Henry, you force him to throw. I don't I don't necessarily trust Ryan Tannehill to carve me up. Like, I just, I don't. Like, I, I, I that doesn't scare me. Mm, mm, Tannehill's know, done man. nothing but be a play but, action guy. And if you, and you yeah. see those games when they stop Derrick Henry, they lose. If you keep Derrick Henry, Derrick Henry under 100 yards, they're losing that game. And their defense fucking saying. sucks. And their defense sucks. So now you're forcing Tannehill and Julio and A.J. Brown, all those guys, to put up 30 every game because they did yeah. nothing to address their defense. So, so here's the thing with the Titans that I, that I see going forward. I think they're going to be really, really dangerous because obviously we think the Titans, we think of them as a run-first team, right? Fucking Derrick, Derrick Henry's bigger than everybody on the goddamn field. He's fucking – every week you see a highlight of him The dude's fucking, unreal smashing somebody's face mask and throwing somebody off to the sideline. Like every week that happens. That's such just a regular thing that happens. You um, do that to Josh Norman, right? <laughs> so you're talking about the play action, right? It, it, the thing is, you know, their game plan is stop Derek Henry, stop Derek Henry, which he's a beast already. Like he's fast and he's bigger than everybody in the field. So if, if you can't stop Henry, that's fine. But you have to load up the box, right? That means you have to put extra guy, whoever you would have on a quarterback, you have to put on, on Derek Henry to watch him for, for the run. But now that you have, um, you know, hopefully you get Julio Jones, who, yes, I understand he's older and he has been injury prone, but bro, 
I mean, it wasn't like AJ. AJ had a fantastic year with him by himself without Julio Jones. So when I see Julio, you know, Julio Jones, that's added pressure. It's like, where, where are you going to stack up? Are you going to stack out the line against Derrick Henry? Are you going to double-team AJ, AJ Brown, or are you going to double-team Julio Jones? Like, the, the teams are going to have to make decisions on how they're going to have to play the Tennessee Titans. And you're talking about, you know, Ryan Tannehill being an X-factor. I mean, um, I, I see him at least being bringing the same amount. I don't know if he's going to have a spectacular year, but I still think he's an above average quarterback that can you know he does pretty well i mean i, I haven't seen him i can't think of highlights of him seeing him scrambling but he does pretty well on the move his rollouts i know he did fantastically when he was in miami that's what he was kind of known for his rolling out rolling out to the right side and tossing it off um so yeah but man but yes, you're missing I, you're missing Gianu smith and yeah aj brown but aj brown also had Corey davis on the other side which is a one of the best number two receivers in the league he's a really solid receiver that you had to watch out for. And then you're missing that in the middle throughout with John Smith. So it's like, realistically, they're still down a guy than that they were last year. Sure. You're upgrading maybe one position, maybe, I mean, we'll see if he ends up putting up better production than Corey Davis, but you're still missing that, that middle threat with John, John Smith. I just think by adding Julio Jones, that's a third guy that can go off. AJ Brown can go off for you in a game. He'll get 100 plus yards. Derrick Henry can go off on you in a game. And now you have Julio Jones, where hopefully he stays healthy. All, all this is barring health, like because anything can happen. Yeah. He can roll his ankle. Well, he'll be we'll have to see how the season pans out and see how the Titans prove himself. But we can agree that it was definitely a benefit for the team yeah. overall. Well, defense still got to no. hold up, man. Defense sucks. Their defense is Jags are in trouble. The Jags are in trouble. That's what I'm going to end it off. All right. Red flag. <laughs> Other right. NFL news. We had. Um, uh, I guess teams reporting for uh, mandatory practices and all out there. Obviously, we've seen tape of like uh, Tebow out there jacked up, whatever. Um, but now uh, came out of news out of uh, Green Bay. Uh, Aaron Rodgers didn't show up for a mandatory practice, which usually what all the players come. Um, Julian, is this over? Is it over for Aaron Rodgers? This is the last time we've seen Aaron Rodgers in a Green Bay Packers uniform, or is he just throwing a tantrum? We'll probably see him play. No, nah, that dude's out. I think he's gone. I think he's gone. I think he's had it, bro. Because this isn't like a one, two-year thing. I mean, this has been ongoing for like a large majority of his career. And he's even openly said that this has been happening for the past three to four years. I mean, they've gone seven drafts with their first rounder being a defensive player. They've gave him absolutely no help. He, all he really, all his picks, all his supplemental like uh skill players have all been late round guys and they've gotten kind of lucky with um like you said you have Devontae adams and you have aaron jones and you have robert tunyon who ended up kind of being a pretty ended up got snubbed from the pro bowl he's a really good tight end but like i mean that's kind of all you have he's had no his defense is lackluster i mean he he's been treated like shit i mean it's it's ridiculous you have arguably probably the greatest talent to ever play the quarterback position on all levels like, I don't know if there's a guy better at all levels than Aaron Rodgers. And you're just like, you treat him like shit. And I think he's done, bro. I think he's out of there. He he takes pay cuts. No, no, he didn't take a pay cut. My bad. I'm thinking something else. But like, the last one he signed, they resigned him to an extension. Oh, yeah. And it's just signing. like, they sign nobody. They sign nobody. They never go after free agents. When have you ever seen Green Bay make a splash of free agents or a trade? Like they were begging for him to get Wolf Fuller when he came back in the middle of the season, which would have been huge for Green Bay. And they did nothing because you have nobody on the other side of Devontae Adams. I mean, you had Lazard, but he ended up getting hurt. And at the end of the day, you don't know what he's going to be. He's 
anything can happen with that guy. He hasn't really proven himself exactly. But so yeah, man, I think he's done. I think and I think the mm-hmm. Jordan's the Jordan Love thing was 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 crazy. I think Green Bay's preparing. They signed Blake Bortles, OG Jaguar. They uh and apparently Jordan loves him playing good according to some reports, but I think that dude's out. I think he's out and I think Denver's the most likely option. It looks like Denver's about to make another big free agent. Probably grab the second largest and the first largest uh, Green Bay um, free agent signing ever with Peyton Manning yep. and now Aaron Rodgers. But I mean, and, and I know Gabe's going to hate this, but bro, I do not understand why Miami is not in the running to go get his ass. Like, why? I mean,. There have been rumors and talks, but um, you I just don't to. think um, there's talks about Deshaun Watson, but there's n- there are no talks about Miami trying to get Aaron. Rod- How do you not go after that fucking guy? You got Aaron yeah, fucking Rodgers, like you got to go after that with the weapons and the defense, I, and the coaching. Yeah, bro, listen, that's like I feel like that's such a Miami thing, like in general in all sports. They're just gonna believe in their young guys. You know what I mean? Even like you know, switch it to the sport real quick. You know, Miami Heat. You know, Tyler Hill is not up for grabs, right? Your Tua, not up, you know, not trading, not doing anything. Not even to be considered for a James Harden during the time was Tyler Hero. No question. That's for a big market guy. So I'm just kind of comparing it now to the Dolphins, who not even in a conversation for even wanting him or possibly because they believe in Tua. So, I mean, what do you got to say about that game? You know, I kind of interrupted there, but that was just my piece on it. <laughs> Well, I mean, Aaron Rodgers has been rumored. I mean, I've heard of places that he's only wanted to go to a few places, maybe, possibly. Um, Miami has been mentioned. I don't know how true that is. Because when you hear all these rumors, you never know if it's an agent talking. I don't think they're going to do it, though. Yeah, I, I think I think right now Miami's too invested in in their uh, uh, in the quarterback that I have now, Tua. I think they've given, they're trying to give Tua the, all the excuses to not succeed. So he, all you have to do is succeed. Um, so there's no other excuse other than, hey, he's just a bad pick or just a bad quarterback. Um, I wouldn't be against it because we had this conversation earlier. I mean, early in the year before all this Deshaun shit, like there was conversations about him coming to Miami. Oh, I'm sorry. Hold on. I got to, why is somebody calling me on the middle? I'm trying to. How do I cancel this? Here, I'll go. Do not disturb. I was, was going to say, too, like I really like, I don't understand. Like, yeah, I just don't get it. Like, you should be in the running for it. But I think Denver's the most likely. They're the only team I can think of that doesn't. That hasn't been 100% on their quarterback. I mean, they got Teddy Bridgewater. You have Drew Locke. You don't really have anything. You have a really solid core there with your offensive line, and you got young weapons with Jerry Judy and and uh, Lindsey. And then you have a you have a pretty solid defense. It's not, it's not bad. But I think you put Aaron Rodgers on that team, they're immediately contending for a division championship. Immediately. And you're talking about a super tough – I mean, at the end of the day, Denver needs – Aaron Rodgers because you have yeah. uh you have Herbert in there which that guy's a lightning in the bottle he's going to be insane once he like really develops right. and has a solid coaching system you mm-hmm. already have Kansas City there and then Raiders are always like a 500 team so you always got to kind of watch out for them but like you're in a division where you got to put up fucking points you're going to have to especially with the Chargers yeah. and Kansas City in there and and you got the you got the space for it you know you them it makes Denver makes the most sense, and I, I I'm not surprised. That's probably why they didn't pick up a guy because they're probably th- in the draft because they're probably they thinking have. that maybe they could maybe they can get it. But 
And, it's tough, and it sucks for it, it sucks to be probably a Green Bay fan because I mean, if you think about their franchise, like how how do you get Brett Favre? You know what I mean? And then the guy right after that is Aaron Rodgers, and how many championships do you have to speak for that? Like you got two quick quarterbacks back to back. Like the only other people I can think about is like the 49ers when they had Joe Montana, Steve Young. Like there's not a lot of times when you can hand off the reins to a quarterback and then be like two generational quarterbacks. Um, and well, I think I that was like the idea what they're it. trying to do with Jordan Love. They're trying to like how Aaron yeah. Rodgers sat for like four years and then he came in and he was a superstar. And they're thinking Jordan Love could be that same thing, but you did nothing to help I think him. Yeah. Jordan Love in a pressurized situation where he's going to come out and be good automatic. If you can't even reach the par, you can't even reach the baseline of Aaron Rodgers, like then it's a wash, which I think it is a wash because, uh, I mean, I yeah. haven't seen him play an NFL game but yet. Expectations are going to be way too yeah. high, you know. Like, yeah. And and I think I think they're putting him in a in a situation that he can't win. Um, you know, you know, something like Miami with Tua. You know, he's a young guy. We have we have you know quarterbacks coming in and out of here. Um, and you had a veteran, maybe an old guy who's been on a lot of teams with Fitzpatrick. That's a different situation. But bro, do you want to be the guy coming after Aaron Rodgers? Like, you want to be the guy? Like, okay, Aaron Rodgers is leaving. I'm coming in next. Like. That's a lot of pressure, dog. That's a lot of pressure. And he's set um, up to fail, too, because that team is not good. Aaron Rodgers hides yeah. a lot of flaws yeah. on that team. He hides a lot of flaws because that team is not a good no, team. And I was going to say that with a great quarterback like that, you know what I mean? You you move the team to the next level, even where you're not supposed to be. He made that playoff team look like contenders. And we know you break it down, you dissect that team. They're not. They're not. Without Aaron Rodgers, yeah. it wouldn't be where they were. Their only weapon was Devontae Adams, and he was out for a little bit. Um, yeah, Aaron Jones. That was a really good cool weapon, and I, I'm not even sure, you know, we'll see how we'll see how Jordan Love does with Devontae Adams, which I think he's a great player. He's a flyer, but he's, like, the only guy. Like like you said, you know, they had tons of injuries. They had some pretty good players, but really the only guy performing or producing or only guy that made Aaron Rodgers look good was fucking Adams. Um, so, I mean, we'll see, man. I think – that franchise, they failed their quarterback, a generational. They should have won more with him. They fucking botched his career. Kind of a waste of career. Not a waste of career, because they did win one at least, but kind of like a kind of like a wash, bro. Cause if, I'm thinking like like Houston, the Texans wasting like Andre Johnson's career or something like Yeah. It's like, man, you have Matt Stafford, like Calvin forever. Johnson. Calvin Johnson in Detroit. You know what I mean? Like it was like, yo, this guy was like fucking really good and what do you have to speak for? You know what I mean? Gabe, let That's me ask crazy. you this though. Do you think Green Bay is suffering from not having a stable like an actual owner? Not stepping in there and like, yo, we need to fucking do something at all costs? Like I think it's bad GM. I think it's a I think it's the GM. Like, yeah, but Eric do you not think because you know Green Bay is the only team without an owner, it's owned by the city. So yeah. do you think not having that overarching owner coming in and like, no, we're gonna get we're gonna do what we gotta do. Like Jim Irsay for the Colts is a good example, or Jerry Jones. Well, Jerry Jones does more stuff than that. But let's say Jim Irsay is a good example. With the, it was like with T. Y. Hilton, there was like they were they were going to let T. Y. Hilton go, and Jim Irsay was like he called up to he was like, "What is it going to take?" And I I think Green Bay kind of lacks from that. I think not having a true owner business guy to come in there and be like, "Look, this is what's going to be done." It's kind of like this last this like this like weird system where it's like you have this gm and there's really nothing above it except maybe like football wise there's nothing above it and i think they kind of i think you do need like a good because a good owner i mean look at robert Kraft. like you need a, you need a good owner all franchises top down and it's like but do you, do you want a meddling owner like okay 
I understand these owners, you know, these are billionaires. They own whatever, fucking construction companies, real estate, whatever the fuck. But do they know anything about football, right? Just because, okay, you have an owner, does that necessarily mean they're good at making football decisions? Then they're, not a good football, decisions? then they're not a good football owner, though. But I'm talking about not having a solid owner who's willing to st- – who, who understands the game and it's not just like yeah. – here, here's your job. I'm, I'm leaving you alone. Like a guy who's actually involved, yeah. like a Robert Kraft, that's able to like go in there and like expect certain things. Well, well then you got to blame the next man down, right? Because all right, you're talking about an owner, but the owner's the ones putting people in position. You're saying, okay, Green Bay's owner list. Well, you got to you got to blame the guy who's making those draft picks, right? Because when they're in the war room, it's not all of Green Bay. It's not all of Wisconsin in the war room, right? When they're doing these drafts, you got to blame the management, whoever's making decisions to, to pick these guys. Like, well, who the hell's picking the GMs? I don't even, yeah. I don't even know how the Green Bay works. I don't know who hires the GMs. Yeah, I like, I don't. I'm not sure. I know. I know they. I know they have their fans like choose stuff. Like what happens in the stadium. They pick different things. Going like what where parking. How much parking is going to be this year? Tailgate, whatever. I know they mm-hmm. pick on stuff like that. But I'm pretty sure that there's. You have to blame the management. Whoever's making decisions of hiring guys and signing the checks. Like they're. You know what I mean? Those are the people making decisions, and I'm not necessarily for like a, you know, a owner who's just meddling around, you know, like a Jerry Jones trying to make all the decisions. Like, obviously, you put people in place who know the sport more, know smarter. They're former scouts or people in video, you know, in the video room or whatever. And you you hope that they, the people who know the game more than you, just because you're you have a billion dollars, like does that necessarily? But I think also, I think you still got to be a good owner. I think there still has to be an owner because at the end of the day, you got to have. There's these. They're the ones hiring these people, and like, you, yeah. If you're just hiring, because at the end of the day, if you're just hiring bad people, then you're a bad owner, and your team will never succeed because you're just hiring bad people. You don't know how to James pick a football Dolan. guy. What James Dolan, New York Knicks, New York Knicks, James Dolan. Exactly. But that's what I'm saying. I think Green Bay possibly not having an owner might play a factor because like you're not having a guy that's consi- like going in there. And it's like, all right, you're not performing. You need to get the fuck out of here. We're going to bring in this guy. We're going to bring in like, you know, even just like experiment, getting things going. I feel like yeah. um, can- to get in between. I, I feel like, yeah, an owner uh, will definitely, you know, have a big impact, whether it's positive or negative. Whether you have a good owner or a bad owner, um, they're obviously not the ones that, that's going to get the direct blame regardless. But in Green Bay's situation, I get what you're saying. Maybe in this situation, an owner will help, you know, be more direct. If, if they were to have, and that was very involved, um, that would help the organization uh, move forward with that. But I guess that's the major news with the NFL. Well, to to kind of put it, yeah. Go ahead, Gabe. Just finish your thought. Yeah. I was going to say, just to put a ball on that, I think Aaron Rodgers is done, man. I don't think we're going to see him ever again yeah. in, uh, in New Jersey. I think they they botched it. They they ruined the relationship last year, and this is him just now taking his turn. La- you know, last time they sprawled Jordan Love on him. This year, they he sprawled that he's not happy or whatever. They want to leave. He's out. Now he's not showing him to practice. I think he's pretty much done. This shit is over. All right, going on. Moving on from the NFL, because we have plenty of time to talk about NFL we're going to slide over to boxing because over the past weekend, we had the Logan Paul fight uh, versus Mayweather. Um, I did not see it at all. I think it was on – I saw something online saying that it was like $50, $50 pay-per-view, and there was like at least over a million subscribers or people who bought that thing. Uh, I will so, not confirm or deny if I um, streamed that fight or not, but I did see it. Saw the okay. fight. I saw absolutely nothing. So you guys can fill me in. I only saw the highlights. I only saw one highlight, and maybe it'll come up because pretty much this guy got knocked out and Mayweather was holding him. But you guys tell me about the fight. How was the I know. Setup? All right, hold on, real quick. Let's all give a round of applause. 
the Chad Ocho Cinco Johnson. Oh, facts. Chad Ocho Cinco Johnson. Give him a round of applause. That man lasted four rounds and held his own, except for the one time he got kind of rocked. Except the one time he got rocked and fell on the ground. Other than that, he held his own. He had his stamina up to par with the other guy. He went four rounds toe to toe. He held his own. At no matter how 40, 40 years old, 40 something years old. Shout he's out. like 43. Yeah. No Shout out to Chad Johnson. About eating healthy these last couple of weeks. <laughs> it was definitely worth it because I don't think he would have lasted another round after that fourth round. But he got there and he, in my opinion, he won three out of four rounds. Aside the fact where he got laid out on the ground for a brief second because he, he stood right back up. He was landing more hits. He had more impactful punches. And, yo, he was he was just doing his thing in there, man. He wasn't shying away. He wasn't really running around. You know what I mean? He wasn't looking to hug every two seconds mm-hmm. uh, either. Um, you know, the words Julian said, if I'm saying this right, I mean, he did as well as you would expect a non-boxer, a non-pro boxer at that age to do. You know what I mean? It wasn't yeah. the best fight, but, you know, that's what you'd expect. You know, I mean, in terms of the highest expectations I mean, yeah. going in that situation. So yeah, a forty-three-year-old man, man who doesn't eat healthy, like. Yeah. <laughs> so Honestly, hey, what, what's the deal with this? What's the deal with Ocho versus Science? Is that something like a? I have no doing, fucking like, idea. Like <laughs> okay, because I see I've seen him before wearing that. I don't know if it's like you know Shaq versus whatever. You know, this Shaq had a show. He was like fighting a lion or Shaq versus a shark or Shaq versus a cheetah or whatever the fuck. He was doing these weird things where he's fighting animals or something. I don't know. He was I have no idea. Against animals. All right. Well, I saw the I saw the shirts. It's like Ocho versus Science. I'm like, is he just like what? He's like gonna eat McDonald's and try to box some people. I don't, I don't know what the hell. That was like. Bro, his Instagram bio literally says, "I lost my virginity in 2002." No way. <laughs> I thought that shit was hilarious. Because <laughs> <laughs> so I wanted to see what Ocho versus Science was, so I looked it up and I was like, "What the fuck is this dude's bio?" <laughs> <laughs> that was well, funny, anyways, but, so, yeah. so that was ultra fire. I think, I think he got praised pretty much. People people applauded him. I think I heard a speech. He was talking about you know you shouldn't be afraid. You know in life, uh, it, you know you got to risk it uh, to win it all. So go out there and I don't know, jump off buildings. I guess I don't, not really. <laughs> no, Pretty much, kind of reminds me of how J Cole you know entered a professional basketball league over there. Like that's insane. Like you you know. Maybe it was your your dream when you were a kid, you know, something you, you thought that, you know, you would never do. And listen, they they both made it in their professional careers and they tried a, a sport professionally, you know, um, and, and look where how look how it turned yeah. out, man. Anything's possible, bro. Also, people don't realize Chad Johnson actually he's been boxing since he's retired, like training at least. This is like obviously his first fight, but like yeah. he's actually been training for for years. Like he's been going at it for a long time. But anyways, to the actual fight, uh, you know, another example, man. Shout out to Logan Paul for lasting eight rounds, keeping up good stamina and actually holding his own. Hold on, no. good stamina? We'll get there. Go ahead, finish, though. <laughs> eight <laughs> rounds? At like, what was it, two and a half minutes around? Good stamina. <laughs> oh, he didn't survive that fight. I don't care if he didn't get knocked out. He was done. He, he was done in the fifth no. round. No, he, he, held, done, his he held his own. He held his own. He was he was he was putting pretty good effort towards the end. He he held how, his own. Not, did, very few people can last that long. 
that is a very long time and a lot of people underestimate that yeah. as somebody who's actually sparred and stuff like right. eight I got rounds you. at I two and a half two and a half minutes is long that is really There's long for somebody right. his size against somebody that's fast and small okay cool listen gabe you didn't see the fight um i'm no. sure you saw the memes and everything or for those who haven't seen it it was basically a hugging match and i give him his credit he did finish the fight but not on the terms of what julian's saying he finished the fight as if as in he was still standing yes you know the bell rang he was there the fight was over for for paul by the fifth round meaning stamina was gone he relied on his hugging he could barely get his hands up and he couldn't even throw a punch the fight was already over yes he survived he wasn't fighting. He wasn't defending. He was just there till the time ran out. And that's I, the difference. I don't agree. I think, I mean, not to say like he was like fucking going hard, but I, I think you're making out to be like he was just a dead man walking. He was, he was holding his Pretty own much. for what it was and what it, he didn't and, have to do and to even, make it and to even the Mayweather, end. Mayweather, it wasn't like he was doing anything crazy. He would oh, come in course, and out, you know, in and out. And that was all he was doing. And for the most part, which is kind of what, to the extent, like what he's normally done, but not necessarily. But like, I, I think Logan Paul really held his own. I think not very few people could have done that. And a lot of people would have got rocked. Granted, he is way yeah. bigger than Mayweather, but that is a very long time. And I think he did a pretty good job for as long as he lasted. And a lot of people kind of agree with me on that. And I, he, to me, he didn't look like he was just gone. Like he, I've seen, I've seen boxers be fucking gone or even MMA fighters be fucking dead. He looked, he looks solid for what he is. And All I right. think he helped. And I, I, listen, so my question to you, cause we both, we saw the same fight. Mm -hmm. What do you think of all the hugging? What, what does that do for you in, in a fight? Gives you, trust. you, you can't defend with your hands. You can't hold yourself up. He's literally hugging the entire time, which, well, what does that mean to you in a fight? Reasons well, remember, to do that. Well, remember what I said was that last week I was like, to me, if Logan Paul wants any chance of like doing anything, his best chance is getting into the clinch. One, if, if a boxer's coming up into you as close as Mayweather, which Mayweather has to because he's so small, to get up in there, land a couple shots, your job is to wrap up his arm and put your head against his chest to stop you from getting hit. Because the last thing you want is to get an uppercut straight to your jaw from that closer range. Like, so with Mayweather coming in there, that's kind of Jake Paul's, that's kind of his job. Like if he's coming at you and he's that close and you get hit with one, or even if you feel like you're about to, you got to clinch it up and then you separate and then that's, or, or you hit him while you're in the clinch. That was, and I said that even last week. I was like, if Jake Paul wants any chance of doing anything, he has to get him in the clinch. You got to close the distance, use your strength, use your power, and you got to hit him in the body or hit him in the head. You, you, you're not, because you're not going to, you're not going to hit him. You're not going to hit him from distance. Mayweather is the greatest defender in boxing to ever live. One of the greatest boxers to ever live, period, but for sure the greatest defensive boxer to ever live. And you're not going to hit him from distance. Your best shot to hitting him is to get up close, clinch, and hit. Like, that's your best shot. And Mayweather, since he had to get close, that's what happened. And there's a lot of instances where it's like, that's what you got to do. Like, that's what, if, if he wants a serious shot of, like, getting a big-ass hit on him, you're not going to hit Mayweather. 
from I think what I saw a distance. lot of on, on Twitter was him throwing like haymakers where he was just going all out, just trying to, he was just throwing punches and bunches. Not that it was like a concentrated fight or he was doing like combos. He was just like wailing away, uh, wasting a lot of energy. Yeah. And obviously what we said earlier was, which is that, you know, Mayweather doesn't have to push the fight. Mayweather got the most to lose, if anything. He's, his reputation is he got the most, most to lose. So, you know, he doesn't have to do anything. He can just sit there and move around. I saw him, uh, you know, a lot of times where he was ducking, he was uh, getting out of the way. So, you know, Mayweather didn't have to push the fight. You know what I mean? Mayweather had everything to lose. And 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 uh, Logan Paul had, you know, everything to gain to try to push the fight. And obviously, um, it sounds like like the man just got tired. Because when you're holding on to somebody, I mean, that I mean, you're not that you're giving up. It's just like, you're yeah. you're gassed out. Your gas is tanked. I mean, like I said, like not yeah, not kudos, necessarily, kudos for, not for necessarily. It's a strategy. For like, I, yeah, I get it, Julian. I, I I get what you're saying. You know what I mean. He wasn't thinking that way, brother. He wasn't no, thinking. That, that was you know, the only way to they, win. No, I'm Listen, telling bro. you. If you watch yeah. the press con, the pre the the pre fights and all that stuff, yeah, and what they were working on, that's literally what reach, they were talking about. His reach advantage, bro. He, Reach he doesn't matter up. when it's Mayweather. It doesn't. Right. It's but Mayweather. He up every second, and it was because he was tired. He couldn't even in the first, even in the, the first couple rounds. Listen, bro. He could barely hold his hands up. So I, I get it. He finished, but he, he didn't finish because, you know what I mean. He was doing his yeah. thing out there. No. Like I've seen. I hands. like I said. I've seen dead fighters. Logan Paul was no. he did very and we good. We all know. Listen, Mayweather isn't known for his knockouts, anyways. He wasn't going for a knockout. That's not what he's known for, especially for a guy who's thirty pounds heavier than him. Whether you're an amateur or not, that means if you're going for that knockout, you're exposing yourself at any given moment for you to get knocked out. He did what he had to do. He had his heavy hits and everything. In my opinion, Mayweather wasn't going for a knockout. Again, like Gabe said, he had everything to lose. He kept the fight interesting, had some big hits here and there. But when you're really going for it, I don't think he 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 left himself open for that knockout. He, he didn't really go for it. Again, he's not known for his knockout power. I don't even think he could anyways. I think he's just too big. I don't think Mayweather has enough force to even yeah, knock it, him it's out. Exactly what I'm saying. Yeah, so I didn't think the knockout was going to occur anyways. Um, go ahead, Gabe. I was gonna say, what what was, did you, I, I'm trying to think because I did watch the McGregor fight. Did we watch the McGregor? No, I was with my cousins with the McGregor Mayweather fight. I saw the fight. I saw. I'm trying to think. Did I see with you? I, 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 I don't remember. remember. I saw the fight, and that fight was that that scorecard did not match up what actually happened. Yeah, like that I was, was say, that I was think, a little I bit think, of a corrupt type of thing going on there. I think, I would have gave I would have gave on that McGregor Mayweather fight. I would have gave McGregor at least one round. Um, but I think McGregor held his own. How do you guys compare that fight if you you know if you saw if you remember it compared to this fight? Like, do you think that it was up to that level of like this is a UFC guy not you know trying to box or this is like now a YouTuber trying to box? To Did it meet the level of entertainment or the level of this is worth it, worth the fifty bucks? Jojo, Here's my thing. Oh, Jojo, Jojo, go. Well, I mean, I'm just just to answer his question directly. Was it worth it that it reached the hype of the McGregor? I personally do not believe it. Um, again, what was to Paul? He did his thing. Height advantage, weight advantage. Um, obviously, doesn't have the years of experience, you know, like McGregor. McGregor's a known striker, you know, UFC fighter. You know, that's two completely playing fields, which I, I could see. Again, I just wasn't impressed with the fight overall. I just like 
you know, with Paul, I feel like he was just trying to um trying to survive, which he did. The goal for him, I, I feel like watching the fight was let me just get through these rounds. I don't, he didn't see himself winning. I, that's how I felt watching the fight. He he wasn't going for it. He just wanted to finish without getting knocked out. Maybe that was his intention. He got paid and everything. Cool. But in any other boxing match, any competitive boxing match, the goal is like you're trying to end this guy. I think he was just trying to, again, he's going against the greatest of all time. Yeah. I get that. But watching the fight, it was kind of clear to see. That entertainment point of view, because we knew he didn't really have the capability. He was just trying to last. Which didn't make it entertaining to me. He was just trying to finish yeah. instead of trying to win. Well, to me, I I got to me they're two separate things because the Mayweather yeah. Logan Paul thing was kind of like a freak show type of thing. Like you're going there just to see the spectacle. Yeah. And like I said, like I said, I I think for what like I've seen dead fighters and for what Logan Paul did and to me I he they've openly said like that was kind of the strategy they're going for. If you even talk to professional like analysts and stuff, they even say if he wants any chance, that's what you got to do. Cause you're not going, you're just not going to hit Mayweather with distance. I don't care what your reach is. Like you're not going to hit them standing up next to each other. But anyways, going to the Mayweather thing. Um, and uh, McGregor one, uh, I was expecting to me, that was cool just as a fight fan, because you're seeing, you're seeing two worlds collide and you really want to see like, man, how good are these MMA guys? Cause I, I, that's one thing I really wanted to see too. Like, I understand Mayweather is a great, I mean, not Mayweather, uh, McGregor is a, the M's are messing me up. McGregor's a, a great striker in the UFC, but obviously there's way more things to worry about. There's diff- it's a different style of striking, but I really wanted to see what it would be like. And like May- McGregor was, it was, it was pretty good. Like he looked like, to me, he looked like a legitimate boxer. And I think to me, he won two rounds. He clearly won one. And then the second one, it was really close, and I would give the edge to him. And like I said, you can tell there's a little bit of corruption going on because that was a recognized fight. Like, that was going to go on uh, record, Mayweather's yeah. record. And that's, that judges, I think no matter what, unless McGregor knocked him out and it was clear and definitive, Mayweather was winning that fight. Because yeah. you look at that judge's scorecard, it did not line up to – to what people saw or so what other people saw. Like, how did this compare, you know, this past week and compare to that? Did it, do you meet your expectations? Were you entertained? Did you spend money, money well spent? I, I thought it was entertaining for what it was. I, like I said, I like the idea of seeing like Ocho Cinco out there fighting. I like, I want, I, I like the idea of seeing Logan Paul, this massive fucking guy going against Mayweather because, and another end of it too, yeah, I give Mayweather his credit. He's going up a guy who's like, what, 40 pounds heavier than him, like six a feet fucking younger. taller than him, a lot, younger, a, lot younger. a lot younger. And he went in there, he went in there too. Like, he wasn't like he was playing distant the whole time. I mean, he was going yeah. in and May- out. Mayweather was fighting. I liked it. I enjoyed it. He was pushing the fight. Which it wasn't his best. It wasn't like yeah. what he used to be. It was he was like like I don't the way I'm going to explain it sounds weird, but it's like he was going in and out, which is like obviously that's what you should do. But it was like he was in for like a split second and then he would bounce out a lot. Like and you know what I know I know I know he was kind of running a lot, but then when he would, there would be moments where he would go in. It wasn't like traditional Mayweather boxing like you watch in those other fights, which I mean, like I said, you're playing a guy, you're fighting it one year older, you're slower, but you're also fighting a guy who's like two of you. And it's like, 
Uh, but like, shout out to him to go in there at 44, 45 years old against a guy who's half your age and double your height and double your weight. <laughs> to like that, that's that's a lot. That's a lot. I'll, I'll leave it at that, man. Um, yeah, I'll I'll leave it at that. Uh, obviously, we didn't set high expectations. Um, it was entertaining for what it was. You know what I mean? What do you expect with a YouTuber fighting uh, greatest of all time? <laughs> but. You know, um, I feel like uh, a lot of people just wish they seen a little more action on um, all's end, um, and that's it. I just wish there was a little less hugging, man. But hey, if yeah. the fight's over, it is what it is. What it is, man. That's, hey, man. that's about it. You can't always get what Peace you want, man. For. More hugs. It was good, man. It's more hugs. They made a shit ton of money. I think Paul made twenty mil, and then Mayweather made a hundred. Yeah, I said it was fifty bucks, and they said over a million, so at least a million, a million plus. So that's oh, fifty million right there. We'll be ready for the next circus fight coming up. So, as we segue yeah. into the UFC, because I think we're talking about you know Logan Paul, you know Mayweather, you know he's he's the champion, he's the top guy, he doesn't have to push the fight. Which you know when you see you know fights for belts or whatever, fights for number one, like you hope to see like the number two guy like push it, like the the, the guy. Whoever's at the bottom has the most to lose. So, like, you know, the guy coming up has to push the fight. Um, so, with that said, UFC is coming up this week. Um, we have championship fights. Big names. Adesanya, who just won the belt, right? This is his first match as a champion? Uh, Julian? No, this is his, like, seventh title defense. Second. Oh, wait. Why do, I, why do I remember him getting the belt from whatever? All right, Adesanya. No, is, no, uh, no. He's, like, I think he's on track to beat the record for a title defense. I think it's, like, seven or eight oh. he's at right now. Yeah. Hey, you're way up. Hey. So, <laughs> you're sorry, way up. man. I'm not the UF expert. That's why we have the UF expert here. I know somebody's going to yell. Uh, I'm not really an expert. Right now. Somebody's typing right now. That motherfucker don't know shit about UFC. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not a, I'm not an expert, <laughs> but yeah. I don't sign your Vittori is going on this week. Julian, you're an expert. You fill me in. Cover my eyes. <laughs> Tell me about this fight. Who should I bet money on? What's the under over? I'm going to shut up now. Got five on it. I do not know what the under over is, but I should check that out. I'm assuming Adesanya is the favorite. So this is actually a rematch uh, right before Adesanya won the the belt. This was a big uh, push for Adesanya for a title fight. And they actually, this fight went to split decision. It was a razor thin, super close fight, but they ended up edging it out to Adesanya um adesanya then goes on to win the championship and now been on the streak that he is now except for that he currently lost to bouchuets and light heavyweight but he still has the I, I still think he's tied for the longest title defense in middleweight history which i believe it's like seven eight or nine it's one of those which i know but it's um yeah this is a rematch but uh martin uh vittori He's actually gone on to win five straight fights and has been on a tear. And he's he's really earned his rematch and a shot at the title. He's gone through the he's gone through uh, five fights and just like dominated. So now he's going in here with something to prove. He feels that he got cheated out of the last fight, and there's been a lot of heated uh, uh, disputes going on in the press conferences leading up to the fight and everything, them fighting and arguing and. Apparently he didn't uh during one of the uh press conferences Adesanya like burped on the mic or something like that and he got and uh Vittori got like super pissed and he's getting all angry. Yeah. But um yeah, I think it's going to be a really really good fight. Adesanya should win in my opinion. I think he's the better striker. 
Very entertaining um, fighter. Yeah, I think he is the uh, better striker. And it's going to be, honestly, this is a fight to watch. I think it's going to be a really good fight, especially seeing how the last one went was super close. Um, This is probably going to be one of his biggest challenges yet that he's faced, Um, especially seeing what happened last time. And now that you have, when you're on a streak like that, man, you're on a win streak, and then now you're going after a guy who your last loss was to him. You want revenge? It's that that's hard to go against. That's really hard to go against. Um, I was gonna. I'm gonna ask uh, Jojo. How do you feel about this? Because a lot of times in UFC, especially when they have their rematches, you know, it's kind of like, you know, to be the man, you have to beat the man, right? Whoever you're the champion, they're wearing the belt, and usually they have one fight, and if you lose, you give up your belt, whatever. I mean, how do you feel about like? This is just an idea I'm throwing out there. While you were speaking, I'm just thinking about it. I was like, yo, what if instead of like, because you know they always do these fights anyways, whatever, Adesanya 2 or whatever, fucking yeah. Jorge Masvidal 3 or whatever the fuck. They do these series of fights anyways. So what if we went from like, instead of like, if I beat you today, then I have the belt. We did like a series, like best of three. You know what I mean? Like, oh, I beat you last time. I'm going to put the belt up and I have to beat you one more time. And then I'm the official champion. I'll never fight you ever again in my life. How would you feel about that, Jojo? Like a series, you know, like kind of like a playoff series for the belt. Um, <laughs> eh, I wouldn't really like that, to be honest. <laughs> that is not a good idea. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I get what you're saying there. It would take a like, year oh, to like, figure out who the d- damn champ is. <laughs> it, would <take> yeah. <laughs> it would literally take a year. <laughs> oh, but you know what's, uh, what's cool about these fights, right? It's like it's the journey there, right? So they might have fought a long time ago before either one was a champion, one ended up being a champion. The other one has to find his own way, his own journey, his own path to get there to that point. You know what I mean? For that rematch, right? You got to earn that rematch too, man. Just because, you know, you fight somebody because you you go through a ton of opponents before you're a champion. That's like saying giving a series to anyone. Like, oh, because I beat you. We all deserve a rematch. No, I beat you. I'm moving on. You got to fight the rest of the people before you get your way back up to me. So I disagree with that. Uh, You lose to somebody, man. You'd be lucky to get a rematch. Uh, you know what I mean? Uh, of course, the UFC, you know, we all love rematches and the, the, you know, series, you know, you know, that's what makes the money. But then again, you know, you, you got to work your way to get there. Right. Why should I give you a rematch? Yeah. I already beat you. Like, why? The, the I mean? only people that should kind of, and it, it's situational, like who's kind of guaranteed a rematch is the the person who lost the belt. If it was a close fight yeah. or even if it was an entertaining yeah. fight, then you're pretty much guaranteed yeah. a rematch. But if yeah. like, if you got knocked out, like fucking Woodley did, no, you're not getting a rematch. Like you, you got yeah. your shit rocked by Kamaru Uzman. You're not getting a rematch. Like you didn't hold your own at all. That guy was clearly better than you, but if you're able to hold your own and like do something good, like it, man, if we could have a Khabib, uh, Connor fucking two, that'd be a great, yeah. amazing. That, that's one for the books. And and here's the thing, man. When you're talking about two top guys, that's a whole different conversation. You want to see that battle because, hey, maybe you were the better fighter tonight. I'll be the better fighter a few months from now. Maybe you had an off night or whatever the case was, right? Yeah. Like Julian said, you're fighting for that belt. You, know, you, you already worked your way up there, you know what I mean, uh, to, to be in that spot. And I feel like you deserve you know a rematch before anybody else. So in that circumstance, I, I could see that. Yeah. And that's usually what they do anyways. 
Yeah, unless, like yeah, I said, unless it's like a Woodley, thing. like you just got your yeah. shit rocked and like you, you look bad out there, then yeah, you're not yeah. getting it. You have to work your way up. When I started actually thinking about the idea, I'm like, the series only works in like team sports, like basketball, baseball, and into those individual sports, like, you know, like tennis or whatever. It doesn't make sense it's because it's like, yo, we're in this tournament. Like we're all fighting for the same thing. Yeah, like, it's not well, like also, no, not even that. Have, it only we, works in non-physical sports. Like you can do, you can't even do that in football. Like there's too much drain on the body fight camps yeah. things like that it's like you there's no way especially say if it was a brawling match like they just both got their ass kicked by each other that's like a six-month recovery alone right there just to get ready yeah. well you're gonna recover you're gonna spend probably three to four months recovering and then you got another two to three months in fight camp to go at it again fight, like like the same guy yeah you know what i mean but uh what i am excited for since we're talking about rematches Gregor Poirier, three. Oh, that's right. Yeah, I forgot yeah. that got. Uh, we never talked yeah. about that. That got announced. Yep. So that is what I'm. That's a rematch that's, I'm excited for. We were all good. together when we saw that fight. Does he deserve so a rematch? Not necessarily, but a hundred percent. He McGregor smoked him that first one, then underestimated him, which was his fault. Because he thought he already beat him. That's closed up. Easy fight win. But McGregor's Who lost three fights in a row, man. He's lost three fights. I mean, well, no. I mean, outside of that, outside of the Donald Cerrone fight, he's like, he hasn't fought in a long time. He's lost. Like, Poirier beat him. And now it's, it's a, Poirier and Gaethje should have fought each other for the belt, which the belt is still up in the air. So, like, they should have, they should have, to me, Poirier earned it, man. Like, he, he earned it at the end of the day. And then McGregor I, has I to prove himself. McGregor has to prove himself. You don't think uh, he, de- he deserve a, a round three win? You really don't? I think eventually. I think. I think. Okay, so maybe not as soon, but like. I don't think like, it should have been as soon. I think what it right. should have been, it should have been Poirier and Gaethje for the belt. And then uh, Connor faces the loser of that. Okay. And then he goes for the belt. Okay. All right. That makes a little more sense. Versus, I think what's up. happening now is whoever wins this fight, I think, is getting a title shot. And you don't think it's fair that Poirier worked his way up and then now he has to fight McGregor again just to prove it? And McGregor didn't really earn it. Like, at the end, it wasn't like yeah. McGregor was on a streak or, I mean, he beat Cerrone, but like, let's be real. Cerrone was a, that was a fucking dead man walking. Like, that, that guy, he got his shit rock bad. And he's been losing for like four years in a row now. <laughs> so, well, that's enough McGregor day, man. There's a lot wait, going wait, on. Wait, so. wait still, real quick, though. Speaking still. of McGregor, Nate Diaz is coming back. He's coming oh, back. Really? Yep, really? he's he's the third fight uh, on the card, and it's a five-round fight. A five-round fight for somebody who hasn't fought in a long-ass time. It's hel- yeah. like, it's, he's going to face Leon Edwards, who's an absolute unit, and he's, he's a beast and an amazing striker. But the one thing Nate Diaz has always had, always had is stamina. You want to talk about stamina? That guy can go five rounds, no problem. And that's why you could definitely tell. That's why he wanted to do the five-round fight, which is super rare to have a five-round fight that early in the card. But it's it, it was funny. He was doing a he was doing like a interview or something. Dude was smoking a joint. And it's like fights like this Saturday. And he's like smoking. It's just that's gonna be entertaining. Where is it, Julian? Is it Las Vegas or where is it at? Uh, Phoenix. It's in Phoenix. Arizona. Okay, Arizona. 
Um, I don't know. How do you feel about Nate Diaz? Because I know Nate Diaz can take a punch. And, you know, last time I saw him was Jorge Masvidal when he bled out or whatever. They stopped the fight. Oh, yeah, it was bad. I know he can just he can take punches and bunch. I know he just eats those shits. But, like, do you actually think that he uh, well, he, he's going to go the distance? Uh, not, a, not a shot. Five rounds? Not a shot. One, Leon Edwards, is he's no joke. He's a really good fighter. And also, man, Nate Diaz, over the years, he's just been getting pounded for so long. He has so much built-up scar tissue. That's what happened against Masvidal. He just, that scar tissue, it, he just can't stop bleeding. He's just taking so many hits over the, and you can even see it in his face. Like, you see it in his face, all the scar tissue and everything, because I, I, mean, I feel like I he's just never going to work. Talks. I can hear and, him when he talks. I think he's always like that even before he started fighting. <laughs> he doesn't come out like a very intelligent guy. But I think he just, man, if he cuts him one good time, I think he's going to fucking bleed out. Like, there's, uh, I don't think it's going to be up to his own terms. I think Nate Diaz, he's such a fucking brawler, street fighter, just like, he he's going to keep on going. I'm falling, no I'm falling knockout in the, in the second round, Nate Diaz wins. Damn. <laughs> wow. He said it here. You're Guarantee. You're going to have some good ass odds. I'll tell you what. Because it's plus 350 for <laughs> Nate Diaz. Damn. They're not even giving Nate Diaz a chance. Yeah. That Leon Julian. Edwards <laughs> minus 500. Hey, somebody I got mean, a, he has a shot. Game. But like Leon Edwards, is, he's pretty good. He's a good fighter. Yeah. It's going to be interesting. But it's going to so, so, be a striking fight. There's going to be no takedowns on this one. It's going to be straight striking. Right. So it's going to be entertaining. We shall see. I don't know if uh, Julian going to hit me up. I don't know. We're going to go out and watch that. But I'm down. I'm down. We look forward to it. We'll hit that up later. But we have NBA playoffs going on right now. Uh, a lot of series going on. Last night, Bucks Nets. Uh, Bucks went down 2 0. They went back home to Milwaukee, uh, hosting the Nets. Um, did you guys watch this game? What do you think about it? Uh, yeah, I saw the game. Wow. Yo, so Bucks came out strong. Up 39 in the first quarter. I don't know what happened after that. The game was super close, you know, the last three quarters. Yeah. And that's a playing without a James Harden. 100% we all know they needed this win. And they got the win they needed. They have a chance in the series. I don't know. I don't think so. James Harden still hasn't played. And I look at the impact of the first two games. Yes, they were away. But there shouldn't be at any point in time going against a team in the playoffs and you're competing for a title that you should lose by 30 points or ever be down by close to 50 points that's just straight matchups you're getting outplayed you're getting out coached that's what happens in the playoffs you adjust you coach um yeah. you make adjustments like you know what i mean and i feel like milwaukee did what they had to do again this third game just so they don't go down 3-0 can they do it three more times i don't know man I really don't know, but it was a good uh, oh, game. Uh, they got the go-ahead bucket with like 17 seconds to go uh, with the layup. And if you saw the last possession, uh, Brooklyn had a chance. I forgot how much time was on the clock. I don't know, maybe like 11 seconds. Last yeah. possession. That could have been the game That's right like, there. Yeah. And they fumbled it. But we saw the inbound. Yeah. They lost the ball. Kyrie was dribbling to the side. And... It was game over from there. Lucky for the Bucks, you know what I mean? Because if they had a solid shot go up, you know what I mean? That could have been game. Yeah. 
I was going to say, I watched the game last uh, last night. It was a close game. I mean, it was like, almost like 50 points at the half. But the second half, it was like a lot of low scoring. I think it was like 84, 87 going into the fourth quarter with like seven minutes left or four. You know, it was still like a low scoring game. Like you'd expect this to be, you know, as far as. And I thought that was like kind of an indictment on the Bucks, um, because they couldn't make. They were when Giannis was out in space, when he was out there like behind the three point line, they're like, Giannis, shoot whatever the hell you want out there because he was bricking all of them. Um, I feel like this series is going to fall on him. I mean, the Bucks got better, but playing against the Nets, I mean, when they got fucking 20 put on them, 30 put on them, I was like, oh my God, I picked the Bucks to pick the whole, to win, win the conference. And those first two games were not encouraging, dog. I was like, is this going to be the whole series? You know what I mean? I, I, you know, when you come two big teams like that, you, you hope to sp- at least split the home team. And then to get 30 put on you, I'm like, dog, this shit is almost but all but over. Um, so they played last night, and like I said, it was, it was like you said, JoJo, the game was p- pretty close all the way. Um, I wasn't really overly, you know, confident with, uh, with the Bucks. I would say. I think the Nets, like you say, James Harden's out. We expect him to come back and to be more explosive. I think, you know, he does do well, like, as far as bringing assist numbers, and I think he does improve. Statistically, he does improve the team when he's on the floor. Um, but the Nets, they don't need him right now. Like the way no. the Nets are the, the, the first, those, the first two games they played, those the first two of the games they played, fucking they don't they don't need Harden. Um and they keep playing like that. And I, I feel like last night, like you said, the Nets still had a chance to win at the end of that game. Like if they make a you know, a, a couple a uh, few bum head turn you know, dummy turnovers and they make a couple shots, like the fucking they'll this series will be 3 0. You know what I mean? Like yeah, the next will be fucking well, they'll be bringing out the brooms, uh, you know what I mean? Uh, the uh, tomorrow night. Um, so, um, I, 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 like I said, I expect the Bucks to win. Um, but I find my, my I found myself last night rooting for the Nets because I, I, you know, since they swept my Miami Heat, I, I don't want them to win. I hate Bucks fans. Uh, they're not as bad as Knicks fans, okay? But I just, there's something about Giannis betraying the Godfather. You should have came they, to Miami. Listen, they guy. got their revenge. They're gonna talk. Listen, bro. This is their season of talk only because they got their revenge. So past this, you're not gonna be hearing anything else. Gabe, Gabe you're just, just gonna, uh, you're gonna have to just live with that. You're just gonna have to live with that. But what I will say, Bucks in the first two games look like the Bucks versus the Heat in that series. That's how bad it was. It was like, yeah. Damn. I was like, all right. I'm like, all right. These are two powerhouse teams playing together, or is it the Bucks Heat series again? That's how it felt. Those first two games, I turned it off. I I started watching a movie, bro. When it was the third quarter, it was like six <laughs> minutes left. They had like twenty. It was like twenty five plus. I'm like, bro, I'm gonna turn this shit off. Like, this is not fun. Like, Brian like, Blake Griffin. He's out here four for four from yeah. the three. He's dunking the ball. He's doing backflips. I'm like, what? The, the bench is out here scoring. Yeah. You know, these no name yeah. guys getting burned, which everyone now everyone knows their name on the on the Brooklyn Nets now. They're all performing. So. Bro, I don't know if anybody yeah. saw that. Like it was like a meme. I think um I think Sports Center or something put it up and it was like Kevin Durant's like in the paint and then he sees Blake Griffin coming. No, Giannis is in the paint and he sees Blake Griffin coming. And then all of a sudden, it, is, it goes into his eyes, and he flashbacks, and you start seeing like Flashback. all these like crazy dunks yeah. that like <laughs> fucking Blake Griffin's done over the years for the Clippers, and then yeah. it zooms back into real time, and then Blake Griffin just dunks it on that shit. It was, that was People great. Forget, that was man, awesome. you forget what prime Blake Griffin yeah. looked like. You know what Oof. I mean? Like, shit was, it's still it's still in his roots. A, you know, he could. Still it was perform. a show, man. I remember watching him in college, just going off. 
Bro, it oh, was crazy. Yeah, I think people are expecting that, him to do that in uh in Detroit, yeah. but you know, he was kind of disappointing in Detroit. Everybody, you know, it was kind of set up to be his team and him to run it, but you know, now he's with the Nets. I mean, now he can just show off that the pressure's not really on him to to be the main scorer. It's really on not at all. Listen, KD. He can go in, have a grand time. You got 10 turnovers. My yeah. listen, it's not on him. If they don't win, yeah. it's it's not on him. He's getting zero backlash. He's gonna get zero. I mean, that, Who, that's who's the, the main culprit? Who's the main culprit if something happens? The coach? KD? Listen, uh, no. KD, Kyrie, James Harden. Those three are not safe. You yeah. hear KD slander saying that he can't lead a team. You hear Kyrie blaming the Celtics because it's like, oh, this team yeah. can't win. So, look, he got a powers team. And then you'll hear yeah. the, you know, James Harden slander as well. One of the top scorers, like recent MVPs in the league. And those three... That's it, bro. You think yeah, Steve? You think like Steve Nash is is clear of all his hate? first year? It's his, his first year coaching. It's his mean, first year. Does it matter? It's not like he's scoring points. If he's coming off the bench, I'll blame him. But you know, what I mean, yeah. um, those I think with three, everyone else, man, they got a free pass. KD and I mean, Kyrie, that, that, too, man, we're gonna get all that's this. That's the beauty standard. of having a super team, right? The beauty of having a super team is if fucking if Blake Griffin is your First best player, he's like, ah, oh, you might compete. You know, you might go to the playoffs, might be a six, seven seed, whatever. Yeah. But if Blake Griffin's your fourth best player, it's like, yo, you got a fucking squad, my G. You got a squad. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, I mean, you know, I, I, like I said, I, I'm kind of rooting for the for the Nets going forward just because, you know, they did my, yeah, they did my heat dirty. So uh, <laughs> let's talk about the game last night, too, because it was a late game. I didn't watch it, but I, I saw plenty of highlights this morning going off uh, the Suns-Nuggets game, right? Donovan Mitchell has been going off oh, these yeah. last games. Utah, you mean Utah Clippers. Utah Clippers. Utah Clippers. Sorry, I'm sorry. Uh, Utah Jazz. You got um, the fans writing in the comments. Around. Like, see, they're running shit. again. I went to bed. I went to bed. After that, after that Bucks next game. I mean, we, know, we know you don't watch West Coast <laughs> games. We know. I saw a little get bit it, of the game. It. But what I can say is Donovan Mitchell right now is straight all in, right? You can hear all the analysts, everybody saying this is way two point. Oh, he is out playing Kawhi and PG. Every stat, bro. He's just out playing them. This these first two games, Utah Clippers literally looks like a Dallas Clippers first two games with Luca was just smoking everybody. Now here's the thing: Utah's the favorite. They're playing very well. Um, with Donovan Mitchell being back, they have not lost a game yet. They only lost the first game against the Grizzlies in the first series, and then he came back to play after that. They haven't lost. Um, it's crazy, right? I, I see them winning the series, but I feel like I can't doubt the Clippers yet because they did come back from 2-0 from the last series. You know, they're playing an entirely different team. They got the defensive player of the year, Rudy Gobert. Um, I, was about to say I don't see that. them coming out yet. I don't see them winning the series, but... They can possibly win two games. It, it might it might go to six. To me, it's not even so much like Don obviously Donovan Mitchell, he's been balling, but like having Rudy Gobert is so huge for them. Like you said, defensive player of the year, by far the best Third defensive time. player in the league. Third the time. guy the guy is a fucking monster. And then on top of that, you have like it's not even just Donovan. You have a, a whole loaded roster of just guys who can score. Boy, like Joe Ingles so was many going guys. off last night too, man. Timely threes, taking it to the lane. Yeah, Clarkson, he had 24. I'm looking at the box score now. He had 24 points right there after, off the bench. Like He got six man of the year. So you got, right? I believe Jordan Clarkson got. 
man of the year. So it's like Utah is no joke, man. They're they're good. They're good. They have the offensive firepower, yeah, and then you ha- and then you have Rudy Gobert who can just like pack anybody's shit who comes in there. And I get that, like Nikola, he won. Joe Chick won the MVP by a landslide. But man, first off, I don't know if Denver's even going to get past the Suns. But even if they were to get past the Suns, I'm I gotta take Rudy Gobert over Joe Chick. Like I like. Like Rudy Gobert's a fucking athlete. Like that guy, he's no joke, bro. And Jochik can't even jump on a he he can't jump to save his fucking life. Like Yeah, I was saying for his he's pretty athletic for his size. I mean, he's pretty big. I think he is deserving. I mean, he had a fantastic no, season. He's I, the most I'm not saying anything about a season. I'm talking season. about yeah. if they were to match the up in a series, no. yeah. I'd Rudy Gobert, yeah. man. That guy I guy I have to take back my comments I said a few podcasts ago when I was like, Oh, the Utah Jazz are a one seed. Nobody care about them. Yeah. Like, they're playing very well. You know what I mean? Yo, that, hard, video, but, um, that video got a thousand hits. They, so I was like, they're, they're, <laughs> kind of, they're kind of proving themselves. Um, personally, yeah, yeah. I think we're moving. Let's say we move forward, right? They they get past you know this Clippers team, which oh god, we're talking about the Nets getting backlash, the power three are not winning. If this Clipper team goes down, it's it's over for PG. It's over for Kawhi. That right. whole team. They blame Doc Rivers. They it's over. They have horrible luck. Yeah. I mean, even back during those years, uh, Chris Paul oh, and everybody. The no, even before and... that, what was those years? Um, before that, fuck, I can't remember. I can't remember to save my life. But it was like right when uh, Blake Griffin first got on the team. But anyways, I think it is as a Miami Heat fan. I think it is in their best interest for the Clippers to get fucking swept. I think it is in their best interest because that means you're about to get South Beach Kawhi. Kawhi. I think I think Gabe <laughs> is rooting for Utah to pull out the fucking broom. Cause you know, as soon as his ass, as soon as they're swept, you know where he's going. He's going, he's Listen, going man, to he's going to Miami. You know, Clippers, you know, everyone try to say, you know, they're gonna be the next big team in LA. They're gonna take. They're gonna overshadow Lakers. It's never gonna happen. You can't even get to the Western Conference Finals with whatever team you assembled, whatever yeah. super team they tried with that Chris Paul squad. They got Chris Paul, all these players, which I know Chris Paul got injured and everything going on. You know they 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 can't get to unless they do it this season. They really prove it. You know they lost last season. They were up three yeah. one. You know what I mean? Like already down two zero now. Bro, and I feel like all Chris Paul does is take teams to the playoffs. Like, he will take a team that's like nothing and take them to the playoffs. Like, that guy, he's so underrated. It's ridiculous. Yeah, so I didn't expect the Clippers to go this far, but I still think, I mean, is it successful? I mean, people are still going to hate on the Clippers because they're like the forever loser team. If they don't win a championship, it's not a success. That's what they assembled their squad for. And if they don't, they, they didn't do it to make the playoffs. It's not why you Kawhi left Toronto after winning a championship. Yeah, team up with Paul George and join LA, PG. Yeah, and, and get all the you know what I mean and hire their get rid of their coach, blame the coach. So it's let's see, yeah. man. No more so, excuses. Championship or bust. All right, so that's it for the Clippers Jazz games. Uh, I, I'm also. I don't kind of I don't like the Jazz just because I don't like the Jazz fans. Not that I have anything against the team, 
Bates oh. don't like any fans. He don't like any other fans like except any fans, Miami. <laughs> except for he don't even like his Bro, own Miami fans. fans. Yeah, look, I was rooting for him. <laughs> no, I was rooting for the Grizzlies. Who the fuck are Jazz fans? Ever I like John Morant. <laughs> I mean, John Morant. They didn't make it. I was rooting for the Grizzlies, but you know, they didn't make it out. So yeah, they had no shot, man. They had no shot. <laughs> Um, going forward, yeah, man, I hate uh, Sacramento this- fans. I fucking hate Sacramento. <laughs> Sacramento, they're nothing. They got white. White, white side's not on that team anymore. Um, uh, let's talk about the Suns Nuggets game. I don't know if you guys saw my any of that. team, the Suns, bro. That's my hey, team. Calm down, bandwagon. Calm down. That's my bandwagon yeah, team. Rooting, That's my bandwagon I am, team. I am rooting for the Suns to go because Chris Paul deserves a ring. A young Devin Booker with his skill set deserves to win. Young, he deserves it, bro. Like this is how you set set your legacy early on with your capabilities. If he wins a ring now, man, who who knows, right? That's the next generation. And Chris Paul, towards the end of his career, he deserves one. Suns, uh, they they gotta they gotta win it all, man. The Valley, man, the Valley. Yo, I know you took out the Lakers. I had no idea too that like man, like those Suns fans have been going hard. I know Gabe doesn't like them, but like. Like, <laughs> don't like any fans, but yo, man, I didn't. They're like a true like six man on the court right now. Like they go, they go fucking hard. They're like what Golden State fans are back in the day, uh, like a couple years ago. Which I even probably currently, they just haven't been that good recently. But man, they're no joke. They're loud as it's crazy over there. Like you even see it in like the stands and everything. Those guys are going hard. And rightfully so. I mean, you got a good squad right now. I, it's going. I I'm rooting for the Suns, but I think it's going to be a really. They're going to have a really hard time against Utah and like. But hey, that's I'm, what I'm you want to see. Right? You want to see the one seed and the two seed in the West, which is supposedly the you know the better conference. Go at it, and we're gonna. If both teams go out, they're both up two zero right now. That's the matchup you want to see in the Western Conference Finals. You know, fighting me, for that spot. I trust those two teams more to show up than Brooklyn. I don't. I just. I just don't. For some reason, I just don't trust Brooklyn to show up. I don't. I, there's it's something, it, and, and it's scary because it's like you're you're you lack confidence in this super powerhouse team. Which I'm not saying anything bad. It's like when you see them play, and you're just gonna be like, "Damn, they just." Not you know fair. what it is? It just. For me, Not I don't. It, it comes off lazy. Like they just like come off just like they don't have that killer instinct. That's like, like you know, shit's about like. And uh, to me, uh, to me, it just comes off. Maybe not so much from KD. I think KD will show. But like James Harden and Kyrie, I just I feel like you have a hard time trusting them, and they just U- Utah and Phoenix. I just have so much more. To prove they have so much like i just feel like they have such a good thing going that like they're, they're just they're both on track to be on stage. i feel like the nets are just so good that it just comes off they're just play they're yeah. playing it's easy and they, they're making it look easy like that warriors team right yeah. just you're just flying by they're dropping points they're, they're destroying I didn't, these I didn't feel that way about the warriors like i felt like the warriors are just like they just put a dagger in your heart with the three-pointer. Like, they just, like, every single time versus, like, I, I get the Nets are a super powerhouse team. They should, they're most likely going to come out of the East. But it's just, like, I don't know, man. It's just, I feel like having that, like, that serious motivation, kind of that, that motivation coming out of the West and just, like, that killer instinct, especially if Chris Paul's in the finals, like, I just think you're going to, you're, 
that play is just going to elevate. You're going to start seeing players that just like step their game up that yeah. were on the bench and everything like that. I think there's just there's this there's this aura coming from the two teams out of the West that I just don't feel that way coming out of the East. You know, I don't know if you see what I'm saying. I think a lot of it too has to do with like the generational, right? Because you know, you know, I watched James James Harden when he was six man on OKC with KD when they were young. You know, they were supposed mm-hmm. to do well a long time ago. You know, uh, you know, yeah. ten years ago when they were playing the OKC, Man, and now crazy. we're kind of seeing like that's that second wave. The guys coming behind him, the younger guys, the Gobert's. You're seeing mm-hmm. uh, these younger kids come behind them. I understand Chris Paul obviously is an older player, but you're seeing Not other people step up. They're that, that that second wave behind behind the guys that we know of because we all always obviously you can think kd harden these guys are going to be top top elite players in the league but they're, they're kind of older in their careers so now we're seeing that kind of like oh these are the young guys behind them like they're trying to fucking come and 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 fucking they're trying to come for the rings too so uh, i think that's kind of cool to see I, I like that this year is kind of you know different that we're seeing other players step up uh you know it's like a little you know it's, it's nuanced like it's parody it's not always you know the same teams go over and over and over again. Now we're yeah. seeing other, you know, other talent play as well. Like I said, I was rooting for the Grizzlies, man. I like John Moran, man. I, I want that kid on my team, and I was kind of rooting for them. They were the underdog, my Cinderella team. They didn't make it, obviously, but, you know, I like rooting for the little guy, too. To me, the West has been super entertaining to watch. Like, the West yeah. has been, like, like, it's been the most enjoyable I've watched basketball in a while was seeing what's going on in the West. Like, even seeing, like, me and JoJo saw Game 7 against Mavericks and uh, Clippers. Sure. And just seeing seeing the heart and shit that, like, Luka was putting out there was just, like, it was just super entertaining to watch. Even though they lost, it was, like, so much respect given to me for me like that. Like, the East has been kind of whatever i don't think this is competitive but like the west has been like a super fun to watch and i feel like it's the first time we're getting into where we like in a long time it feels like we have no idea who's coming out of the west like you really don't honestly i really don't like that and i like that i like how you have no idea who's coming out of the west because look look you could be up 2-0 right so think suns match up with the nuggets it's exciting you have literally the league mvp on the other team not gonna count them out just yet you're not gonna say nets i mean sun's in four like no it's not gonna be a sweep because you don't know you know what i mean now you know they're they're going to have away games the next two games and let's see how it turns out right now if you go up 3-0 of course you can kind of see where the series is going um but until you see that third game it's really unpredictable you know what i mean for both sides you know between you know utah and the clippers and between the suns and the nuggets so you really, you really don't know. Both teams defended home court as you should. Won both games. Obviously, the other team you you want to at least split. Uh, but if they can both defend and you got a two-two series, you know, on both sides, now what? Who's coming out? No. Yeah. Well, now to s- I agree, it's very exciting. Yeah. Now to go back to the East, let's finish up with the last series that's going on currently and a game that's actually going on right now: Sixers versus Hawks. I'm going for my boy Trey Young and ATL to rise up. A-Town, rise up because y'all about to make it to the fucking conference finals because the bum-ass Sixers aren't going to close it out like they should, like they do every single year. ATL, rise up. I I don't get why people hate Trey Young. I have nothing against Trey Young. I'm not rooting for Uh, anybody. People don't hate Trey Young. But Gabe hates ATL fans. He hates Hawks fans. Hey, hey, listen, no. oh, Hawks fans, good for nothing. Hate Trey Young right now. No one else hates Trey Young. 
<laughs> New York Knicks fans hate Trey Young. Eight million people that live in New York what City. What did he do? Did he, oh, he played villain, did man. He, did he, he like beat back. some New York team? Okay. Just talking, no, bro. They, listen, beat, the, the, they beat the fucking Knicks, dude. <laughs> he was cooking. And he was talking trash on the court. He bowed. He was doing all these gestures. Knocked down a three. Talking smack. As he should. As he should. He was silencing the crowd. And, yo, Knicks fans, they finally made the playoffs. You got this young kid, you know, tearing away their dreams. Of course they're going to hate this guy. (laughs) Here's the thing. I feel like, as far as Knicks fans, they riled him up. Like, they came out saying, fuck you, like, the first minute, fuck you, Trey. They came out the first minute. It wasn't yo, even like, so what are you sh- doing? So, like, shout out to Trey Young going out there and, like, yeah, shutting him up. up. Yo, he's like, yeah, shut man. the fuck up. Like, I'm about to put in work on your bum-ass team, like, that hasn't been there in, like, 10 years, and we're about to do some shit right now. Oh, and, then we're gonna, and then we're going to yeah, take the Sixers' bro. ass, too. So, uh, <laughs> respect, bro. Jojo, how do you feel about this series? Because right now it's going on. There's about two minutes left in the second half. 52-45 Philly. They're playing in Atlanta. How do you feel about the series? And, like, who do you think is going to take it away? Man, all right, honestly, Hawks, you know, on a very hot streak, very exciting series against the Knicks. But, um, yeah, listen, if 76ers, man, if you don't beat this Hawks team, bro, You're it's done. embarrassing. Like, it, what, what, what else do you have to do to get out of the East? You know I'll mean? say you it right Kawhi, now. Like, ben, ben Simmons – is I'm one of the most it, overrated players in the past five years. He's been nothing but hyped up and has done absolutely jack shit about it. He's had a couple good, he's had some good games here or there, but he's never been as, as good as what people have made him out to be and hyped him up to be. Embiid, on the other hand, has been great, but he's suffered from so many injuries. It's unreal. I don't know how that guy still walks, but like... yeah. Ben Simmons is so fucking overrated, and I can't stand seeing his face on the internet, on TV, and it's like, this guy does not deserve any time on any camera. Yeah. He has not earned it. I think think I'm going to agree with JoJo. Like, they're kind of playing for the blueprint, too, right? Because there was a lot of trash talking when when Jimmy Butler came to Miami. Obviously, Jimmy Butler got traded to Philly for that one year, and he was a free agent. So, and there was a lot of shit talking like, oh, Jimmy Butler, he'll never make it to the playoffs. He'll never see, you know, a, a playoff win or whatever. So, like, I feel like Philly's playing for their, they're playing for their life. Obviously, they just got um, Doc Rivers who failed in L.A. So, I think they're also kind of playing for, like, their blueprint. Like, if they can't make it to the playoffs again, if the last time I seen uh, Joel Embiid in a final was with him crying to his girlfriend, like, it was a waste. It was a waste of of whatever the process or whatever the hell you want to call it. So um, I'm not expecting Atlanta to win. They're playing pretty well right now. Um, the series yeah. is tied one, one, but um, Philly should take it. And if they don't, man, and like to be a Philadelphia fan. And honestly too, this is going to be a hot take right here, but like, is doc rivers even really that great, man? Like I know people's hype up. Like he's the best coach in the fucking league, but like, this dude, he's riding off the coattails of the 08 to 010, to, 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 from 08 to 2011 Celtics. And he's been given super teams after that and has done nothing with them. He was given a super team in Boston. It's the only team he's had that won a championship. He leaves that to go to Los Angeles, given another super team, has done nothing. He's come over to Philly, which is the number one seed in the East. And has been or has been in the top three for the past couple years, 
and still has done nothing. He's just, to me, he's been riding off the coattails of the Boston Celtics for 10 I, years and has done nothing to prove it. Same thing with Mike D'Antoni. Why the fuck does that guy still have a job? Like, <laughs> well, I mean, he did pretty well. I mean, he did pretty well. The, uh, oh, wait, 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 Mike D'Antoni? I'm thinking of Thibodeau. Um, no, Mike did. Yeah, why does I, that guy have a job? If that was the NFL, your ass would have been out of here. Like, you would have. After coaching with the Knicks, I'm like, this guy is never going to get a job again. I don't know how he's been going. The Rockets. That's another guy. He's been riding off the coattails of Steve Nash, like, all those years ago with the Suns. That was like 15 fucking years ago. And this guy, like I said, like, I don't know what's up with basketball. These motherfuckers keep jobs forever. Like, I don't get it. Because if this shit was any other sport, their ass would have been fucking gone. Like, I don't like it. So as far as your take on Doc Rivers, I'm going to kind of agree with you there, Julian. Uh, Doc Rivers, I, I did like him with the Celtics, but I think you're probably right. Like, they probably covered up a lot for him. Um, he hasn't really done – he's had plenty of talent. Like, and he's he, been given know, he other up. teams and has yeah. done nothing. Yeah. Like he, Eric Spolcher, to, to me, is an amazing coach. He's pulled – like, he's made players who weren't expected to be anything to turn into something. Whiteside. He ended up, he had a really good year, ended up leaving, ended up not being that great as what we thought it would be, but he ended up being great. Like Tyler Hero, Duncan Robinson, like uh, Ben Adebayo, like you're, yeah. you're, you're bringing your homegrown players and he's actually making them into good, solid players. And I'm so glad that Pat Riley never fell into the LeBron thing where LeBron wanted him gone. And I'm glad that yeah. Pat Riley stayed true to his guns and be like, no, we like Spolcher. We're going to keep him. He's the coach of the future. And I'm glad that LeBron didn't end up kicking him out of town because if that was the case, who knows where he'd be right now and who knows where Miami would be right now. Um, as far as like coaches in the NFL, or sorry, not NFL, NBA, they don't impress me. I'm not impressed by like Mike Budenholzer, the, the, you know, the coach for the Bucks. He doesn't impress me. He doesn't, he doesn't impress me with like, or catch me as like a, a guy who does schemes or anything. Like, I feel like he's just putting his best players out there. He just claps a lot. He's a, he's a big clapper. Big clapper guy. <laughs> I feel like Doc Rivers is a big clapper. Um, Brad Stevens, not impressed Brad, Brad Stevens. Uh, now what? He's not the GM, right? He's the GM of the Celtics. He don't impress me that much. Uh, everybody gives him a lot of credit and don't impress me, dog. Um, probably those three coaches, Doc Rivers, Brad Stevens, Budenholzer. Not not very impressed, man. I'm not very impressed. I, I mean, we'll see what you know. Oh, Steve Nash. I'm trying does. to catch this game tonight. I'm trying yeah. to see who's going to come out of these series. All right. So, so you know, we've uh, last, a lot last of topic, last topic. to watch. Last topic. Last topic. We'll get out of here on this one um, because it came out in MLB this past weekend. Uh, I think there was an article written in the SI uh, about uh, baseball pitchers, like the new cheating, whatever. And pretty much, it's uh, pitchers using like tack, right? They talked about how. Uh, how pitchers are using substances to help with their pitching, help them get more grip on ball, to help them get more rotation per, you know, per spin of the ball, help them, you know, throw harder sliders, more more movement on the ball. Um, it came out this weekend, and and kind of they went around talking to different pitchers, like they asked pitchers about it. Um, one particular, they called Garrett Cole, who's the starter for the Yankees, um, and they asked him about it. And pretty much on the, on camera, he was like, um, "So what do you have to say about you know pitchers using tack?" And he's like. Uh, I really don't know how to answer that question. You know, uh, uh, you be, you, you're, in a, sure. <laughs> you're in a generation, you're in a yeah. certain locker room, you, you see certain things, you learn certain yeah. things. And it's like, what? that's yeah. the most dodgy ass fucking question that made it sound like you did that. Shit. That was the worst way to answer that. That was and such much, a bad, you know, 
they talk about how how these pitchers are using like suntan lotion. They're using the the resin ball, yeah, you know, the right thing, and like rubbing it on gum, there. gum spit, and they're doing all kinds of things to get more tack on the ball. And I want to talk, you know, just in general, the idea of like, you know, and baseball. We've talked about this before, like how you know they'll talk about cheating or using steroids as far as cheating. Um, I wonder. I want to get JoJo's perspective because he's wearing his Pirates, you know, his favorite team, his yeah, big jersey. big Pirates guy, big Pirates yeah. right there, big Pirates guy. Um, uh, I'll go to JoJo first, and I'll go to Julian. Uh, JoJo, how do you feel about like, you know, this is something that I've heard about, like people they talked about, but I think I don't think that uh, the MLB is trying to address it now because I I think there's a uh, 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 there's an uh, there's an agreement a contract was it with the NBL with the Players Association they're supposed to come up on a renew their contract, and this is like like one thing that they want to talk about, and uh, it's been said that the MLB is investigating it, meaning they're taking balls after games and they're just writing reports and investigating it, but they're not really coming down. They're not really trying to address pitchers, like punishing a guy, you know, 10 game suspension for a tack on a ball. So Jojo, I want to talk about like, what's your opinion kind of on, on pitchers using tack or using legal substances? Like I said, they're using suntan lotion, which is, they're saying that's supposed to, you know, that's supposed to help. That's for my health. They're like mixing it. It's not my UV rays. Yeah. They're like mixing it like shit. Or they're using like resin and shit. Like what's your opinion on like pitchers using tack to get more contact? On the ball. I mean, obviously, you know what I mean? Um, doing it, you know, to, to gain a little advantage, you know, you know, for these these matchups. Um, you know, my my thing is that uh, obviously nothing has been approved yet, right, by MLB for, for a pitching standpoint. Um, at first, you'd go against it, right, because it's against the nature of it. Like, you know what I mean? You don't you, People don't really like seeing change, you know, or anything to give someone advantage. It seems cheating, like if they're using pine tar or anything like that. But, I mean, if you think about it, batters, you know, they get to use pine tar and tape and everything and for grip, you know, when, they, when they're playing and they're hitting. Um, so, I feel like, you know, it's a new generation of baseball. You know, guys are throwing harder. You know, they're, they're throwing, you know, faster. Uh, there's a lot more expectation coming out, uh, whereas back in the day, um, the game's evolving, right? Uh, so they might need, you know, a little competitive substance, you want to say, to 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 keep it competitive pitching. You got guys hitting freaking 400 foot home runs every other day. You know what I mean? Uh, you know, they're catching up, you know, to these pitches. Got, like, it's a next level talent, you know? And uh, again, right as of right now, um, until they approve something, I don't think anybody should do it because obviously it's you're just going against the game. You know what I mean? You're cheating at this point. But I wouldn't be mad if the MLB, you know, makes a ch- you know a small change to that or gets an approved substance that you know to level the playing field that everyone can use. Because you know, I mean, the hitters, you know, they're using tape, they're using pine tar for grip, you know, all the above to give them the advantage when they're swinging. Yeah, yeah. I would say like the one thing with baseball I don't understand is like I feel like. I don't I don't get why they don't just like adapt. Like, why do we have to keep on staying on like you can't use this? You can't use this. And um, I guess one of the arguments back when all this like using some sort of substance, because they say everything in baseball. And I was listening to a whole segment of this and it was a pretty good segment. It was by Jet Pass and he was talking about uh, his, uh, everything. And he said that like everything starts out small. It smells out like a big thing that's not supposed to be like. But then it evolves into this whole other thing. And the idea of how. Uh, pitchers using all these different chemicals and all these different things like tack, uh, uh, tack and uh, uh, resin and other shit to to do it. It was pitched as kind of like an idea. It's like that it's safer. That it's like okay, we're now in an era where pitchers are throwing faster and harder than ever before. 
So we need that extra grip to keep better control of the ball. Otherwise, we're probably going to be throwing more balls, probably more likely to hit more players. Like it's actually going to be safer in the long run because we're, we're having more control of the ball. And to me, I don't necessarily see why that's a problem. Like I, I get that now it's like considered cheating, but it's like, why not? I mean, in NFL, they, they didn't, they weren't allowed to use gloves. Now they use gloves to catch balls. Those things are like fucking mouse traps. I don't see yeah. why MLB can't take that same route. I mean, powerlifting, they use chalk or they even use tack. I think pitchers yeah. use powerlifting tack. And it's like, you see these other sports add these things because it's better for the sport. Why not baseball do this? Why do we have to be so stuck in these traditions yeah. for so long? And then um, another point that I thought was really great, and I want to get your guys' opinion on this real quick, is that he was saying, too, that like, this, we're starting to see kind of like a repeat or what we feel might be a repeat of the steroid era. At first, people were okay with batters taking these certain things. Pitchers and stuff were okay. But then as soon as pitch, as soon as these hitters started knocking it out of the park like fucking crazy and pitchers started getting their jobs compromised because of it, because they're, they're throwing homers all the time, all of a sudden you're starting to see this outcry of pitchers complaining and often and uh complaining about it and it helped push this whole effort to looking into steroids and looking into peds and other things to help stop it and they're saying that now they're starting to see another thing but from the other side it started off as like all right we're just trying to keep the players safer but now it's getting to a point where it's like pitchers are throwing harder faster and better than ever before and batters are at a disadvantage now so do you think well, that's, a, that's a reoccurring thing just from the other side now? Now it's kind of like yeah, first yeah. it was pitchers complaining, now it's hitters complaining? Yeah, uh, I think, it, you know, like you said, it was kind of swung. It was, you know, offensive batters getting the benefit and now swinging the other way where the defense, the pitchers getting the benefit. Um, I still think, you know, to me, it does still feel like cheating, right? Because if you're getting more, you know, because now, now it's getting more scientific, right? They're, ta- they're counting like the rotations on the ball. And, and if you're getting paid, like, oh, if, if guys, if your only way to move up, like if you're in the minor leagues and they say, hey, kid, you're throwing at uh, 100 rotations per minute, dog, the, the league minimum is 300. I need you to throw 300. And they're starting to do these things where they're adding, like to scientifically change the, the thing in the ball. It's starting to feel like cheating. And a lot, the big problem that people complain about baseball is like, it's like feast or famine, right? It's like either home runs or strikeouts. Is either exactly. home runs or nobody, nobody hits, right? So, the end of the spectrum. Yeah. Right so now. It's, yeah. It's, it's like feast or famine. And I think, because uh, it's, it's happening this year, I think the league average is like less than 250. You see the league average is like 250. That's when, whatever, you it, uh, players play pretty well. But the most, the average baseball player is hitting like 219, 218, something like that. It's like sub even below, below, you know what I mean? Like the, the as far as uh, hits on hits to get on base. So to me, it's, it's, it is starting to feel like a disadvantage. Um, I don't know what baseball is going to do about it, um, but I do feel like it is kind of like cheating. Like if if your performance is being counted on, if your strikeouts, if this helps you throw a harder slider, or it just makes you throw a slider that batters are more likely to swing because it has more movements because you have more tact on it, it's starting to feel like a performance, like an advantage, like just kind of like steroids to me. I will say and this. I, I, I'll say I I do. I think, though, the pine tar is not as serious as steroids. Steroids, yes, because you're actually using a legal substance. You're using a drug that is outlawed. And but to me, why is pine tar any different than using any other sort of substance in other sports? Like, example, even something simple as like 
receivers having these sticky ass gloves, which for a long time yeah. were out, you weren't allowed to, well, and then they allowed it. I think like so. So let me just talk about that. That's just one example I can think of. Yeah. Like, uh, well, let me just uh, address that because you know over the years they did add to baseball fields. JoJo would know this. They added nets to baseball fields because one problem was foul balls and bats getting tossed into the stands. So, you know, they tell people, "Hey, pay attention, whatever." But one thing they did they, they were supposed to add. Uh, this past, not the season, not the COVID season, the season before, they're supposed to add netting all over the 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 line. Um, I don't know if that's still true. I'm trying to think of Marlins Park. They, what they didn't have? I don't think Marlins Park. It was pretty far, it like but base. it wasn't. It wasn't. Yeah, all the way. They down. might have it to third base, but it's supposed to be from third base all the way to the foul line to the to the home run pole. Um, so that in that way, if you want to say safety for a batter, it's the batter needs more grip, so it's okay to use for a bat. That's fine, but that's not changing the ball, right? The, the the player you can put pine tar but you can't put pine tar on the whole fucking bat you can only put up to a certain amount i think it's like 18 inches from the base right jojo am i right or wrong it can't cross it's it can't be longer than the base the no. the length of uh home plate um and uh, you know that's like illegal so yes batters have pine tar but it's not like they can put pine tar on the whole bat and that and you know they could argue that yeah, yes this is a safety issue this is a safety issue. This is a safety issue for players, a safety issue for the fans. You know, a batter should hold his back because they're strong as hell and they're swinging hard as fuck. Yes, they need batting. But, you know, so in that way to stomp your argument, I mean, batters, that's fine. But still, like, like I said, like, this is adding to a performative advantage to pitchers. And the only way, I, here's what I, I suggest is what I see maybe possibly happening. I don't know. I, I, maybe possibly this is just an idea I have in my head. Never heard anything or anybody say this. Maybe taking the pitcher's mound and pushing it back, pushing it back like a couple of inches, like four inches, six inches, where it's closer to second base instead of home plate. Because right now it's in the middle. It's dead smack in the middle. You know, it's a diamond. Dead smack in the middle. Maybe if MLB pushes it back, maybe these guys are throwing 100 miles an hour. Now they have to throw 100 miles an hour, six inches further, making it more available for pitchers, you know, batters to hit the ball getting more offense and shit like that. Yeah. I guess um, my thing is but, I, I feels like every other sport you're, you're allowed over time to evolve and things that would make the game yeah. better for the thing. So it's like, why can't baseball can't be touched whatsoever? Yeah. Like, no, you can't use stuff on well, your fingers. Like I, to me, I, t it just seems like, why not? Like, like I said, like, I don't like, I get that it's, it's cheating now, but I'm saying why yeah. not evolve in like, you're like you're throwing a hundred mile per hour fastball. Why can't you have something that yeah. can help you get better control of it? Like, well, so then how how did you feel about Tom Brady and the flick gate? I was gonna bring that up. <laughs> well, Isn't that first off, the ball, that, right? to get a better grip. Yeah, but that's different though. You're not you're changing the actual ball of the thing. That's different than like him wearing gloves or him wearing something on his fingers. And also, well, they're going to lose that game regardless because they got fucking blown the fuck out. So the, the, the deflate game, inflated ball, it don't matter. That game was – they were yeah. winning that game. But that's a little different because you're messing with the actual ball itself versus, yeah. like I said, the best way – the only thing I can think of time I had, the best way to explain it is receivers wearing gloves. Like, to me, I don't – like, it's virtually the same concept except instead of throwing it, you're catching it. Like, I – like Peyton Manning wore a glove throwing the throwing the ball. What if he outlawed quarterbacks being able to throw the uh, ball? Real the quick, how, how about this? How about this? What if receivers put glue on their gloves? It's a substance. Well, you don't need to. You've seen those fucking yeah. gloves. You see those gloves. Those gloves are glue, and they used gloves, but and what, they used to. What if that were to occur? What if that were to occur? What if that was the new thing? 
I, that doesn't seem logical though. I mean, those gloves are already extremely sticky as it is. Like, uh, they're yeah. not like gloves like you're thinking. They those things you can clap no, them in your hands. I, I I know football gloves. I know they're they're sticky gloves. I understand that. But we're talking substances to give an advantage. So I'm saying, if they were to do that in football, would there be a consequence for that, or does it matter because they're already wearing gloves? I don't think it matters as much. I, they used to back in the day because they used to have tack on their their like uh, socks and on their pants and they used to put it on their hands like running backs and receivers that used to do that but then they outlawed it and then they but then football realized them having tack and having stuff on their hands makes it for more entertaining and we got to learn to evolve yeah. and so then they allowed players to come out with sports gloves and be, due to yeah. that now they don't use tack and stuff anymore now they learn that like all right the game is better played with receivers having sticky gloves and i don't think and i don't think you're going to get that much of an advantage having tack on those gloves versus i think you get more of an advantage from having bare hands with it yeah, i was just throwing that yeah. in um, yeah. again so possibly give it a you know comparative advantage you never know I maybe think- on the fingertip where you know you get a little catches here and possibly there, but, uh, but i mean that, that, was good, that was a good take on that uh a you know, good good topic to bring up you know yeah. uh let's see if baseball evolves you know what i mean and you know move forward and, with that and and they've addressed you know baseballs in the past i think you know just to to put a, a bow on it they've already addressed like uh the baseball launch angle they've kind of changed the baseball now where i think it falls like 20 or 30 feet shorter so that you know they, they've already done things this past season to try to change to to keep balls in play and so everything's not you know feast like i said feast or famine it's home run or nothing home run or strikeout so um we'll see as far as it we'll keep track of that because that, that was just a story that happened this past weekend um uh you know since we're in the middle of baseball season but i think we that's pretty much a good way to end it you know we talk a lot of nfl ufc you'll see this weekend NBA, mlb still going on episode 21 Shout out Roberto Clemente, RIP to the GOAT, <laughs> Puerto Rican King. Um, appreciate y'all for coming out, checking us out. Real Fans Podcast, all the things. Craigslist, Facebook, Instagram, Craigslist. LinkedIn. Tumblr, uh, Offer Zillow, Up, Shopify, um, Macari. Amazon.com, Amazon Prime. <laughs> check us out there. Twitch. All the things. Real Fan Podcast. Appreciate y'all checking us out. Julian, Jojo, we'll see you next week. Peace. Peace. Peace.